0: If we feel tired, we feel run down, we're not recovering, we're not sleeping, our body simply is not working like it used to. That's usually all of the symptoms that finally get us to a place of pain where we're like, right, we need to change something. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Amada.
1: My next guest is Ollie Wood. Yeah, it sounds like Hollywood, but it's not. It's Ollie Wood. He's from New Zealand. He's been working with health and wellness for over a decade. And that's his sole focus. He's helped thousands of clients on -on one-on-one to understand what's holding them back. And he focuses really around this trifecta, which is physical, digestive, and psychological. We dive into all three of them, and of course, we start with mindset. We go into physical, and then we talk about digestive, which we don't usually look to. And I was really interested in going through a lot of quotes. Be prepared to take notes. One of my favorite ones was slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Get ready to feel like you need to level up physically, mentally, and with your digestion. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success magazine podcast. And today I've got Ollie Wood. For a second, Ollie, I was thinking, wait a second, is that your real name? Because it sounds like Ollie Wood, like Hollywood, right? But with a British accent only, even though you're from New Zealand. So welcome, man. How are you?
0: Uh, really good thanks, dude. Thanks for having me on. Do you ever get
1: that by any chance?
0: Hollywood Every time I talk to an American, Oh, yep. terrible.
1: <laughs> I feel bad then I was a terrible dad joke.
0: Man. No worries at all.
1: <laughs> oh, Ollie. All right, you are quite a few hours ahead of me and you have a cyclone right now. Everything okay out in New Zealand?
0: Yeah, we're down in Wellington, so it's it's on on its way down. It's getting a bit grumpy outside, but we're doing okay so far.
1: All right, so you're in New Zealand. I've never been, but I have a couple of friends. Uh one of them's name is Kiwi. We call him Kiwi. His name's Aaron Franklin. He works for Lopo, but we call him Kiwi. And uh, he's big on pickleball,
0: and he's close to where they filmed The Lord of the Rings in the Shire. How far are you from that? Oh, there's lots of different places, whether it's middle of down south, because obviously New Zealand is two islands, North Island and South Island, and a lot of those beautiful landscapes are sort of mid-South Island, uh, mm-hmm. whereas the Waikato region, they did a lot of the Hobbiton-type filming as well, which is probably four or five hours north.
1: Nice. All right. So they are not too close. Not too I'm
0: close. I'm in the middle of both. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I like it. Middle
1: earth. There we go. And no, we're not going to be talking about Lord of the Rings. We're talking about health, Uh, specifically for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, salespeople. I think for this group of people, Ali, more so than the nine to five, it becomes a real challenge because breaks are out the door. No 15 minute breaks, no lunch breaks, no you're off at five. It's a continual cycle and this is who you really focus on. So tell us, as entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, what do you think the biggest challenge is for us when we're talking about mental, physical, all of these things that that hurt us because we're doing it so, I'm just going to say it, we're doing it wrong.
0: Yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. And because I've been in this space so long, I've been so repetitive or heard the repetitive phrases of you just need to focus on stress you know stress is a problem or you just need to focus on um getting in a good lunch or it's a your nutrition but i think none of those really hit the point when it comes to so many areas where nutrition takes the blame where as you said if we've got no time to sit down it doesn't matter if it's the most you know uh, healthy meal possible if i'm inhaling it in between meetings my body's not digesting that particularly well if uh, I'm not looking after my body, I'm not sleeping well, if I feel constantly under the pump, that's actually a stress threshold that lowers, right? It's not actually the stress level itself, it's my tolerance to that stress. And knowing that stress is a level, not a, uh, sorry, a threshold, not a set level, it allows you to look at it in a very different light. It allows you to realize it is something that you can train, It is something that will be lowered through the stresses of, you know, if I'm chronically stressed throughout the day, I'm not going to be able to handle another stress on top. However, if I've got stress coming through from a lack of sleep, a newborn baby, inflammatory foods that I keep eating, that's going to continue to lower that stress threshold as well, right? So the main shift that I've focused on with a lot of these business owners is your health can either be a liability or an asset to your business, and a lot of people are trying to find a way to... I just have to fit this in rather than I want to fit this in because I'm going to have better decision-making and focus throughout the day. Now, we all know that we have time for the things we make time for, but at the end of the day, health is always in the area where we feel we have to work on it rather than something we want to work on. And until we start looking at it as a business decision and, and as something that actually is translating to Uh, an actual time block in our day becomes part of the work culture becomes part of the conversation. We're not able to show up as our best. And I just had this conversation with our sales team yesterday. You know, the only way that they're going to get, they're going to continue to show up consistently every day, they're going to get punched in the face. They're going to keep moving forward. They're going to show up consistently is they've got to have some level of self-care, right? They've got to continue to work on building up that stress threshold. And if you're in any level of private uh, business building, there's going to be a level of stress, there's going to be a level of volatility, there's going to be a level of risk tolerance. And if you're not looking after your own personal threshold in order to build that and realize that you're a little bit more bulletproof to the world, you're going to be beaten down pretty quick. That's true, man.
1: I like that. You mentioned in one of the other podcasts I was listening to, you mentioned that we, in essence, have to create a business plan for our physical well-being. And I think as business people, that made sense to me. I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So going into your website, and by the way, everyone, as you're tuning in on the, on the podcast, it's bodyreset.online. And it says, rewind the clock on your body. As you scroll down, there's this little method. It says body reset. You've got physical in one circle. It's like a Venn diagram, physical, digestive, and psychological. Within the middle, it says reset. Can you explain? There's a lot more wording to it, but can you explain the gist of those three with the reset?
0: Absolutely. So I think the biggest concern and the reason I dive into it using that, we'll call it a Venn diagram, (laughs) is in business, we're always pursuing what are those small details that we're missing? How can we be better, right? Once Something I've noticed in the health space is we either really don't health, have health sorted or we're like, oh, no, we've got this health thing sussed, right? we got a personal trainer, right? And everyone starts to pick up these little pockets of information, right? A little bit in training, a little bit nutrition. Maybe I'll try this out for breakfast. And we have such a scattered approach to health that we never connect the dots. So the whole point of looking at this together of psychological, digestive, and, and physical is making sure that we're integrating those three, right? If I'm stressed out and I'm someone that has just had an eight or 10-hour day where I've been trying to finish the work project, me jumping into a circuit class or a spin class is just adding more stress to the fire, right? I'm going to accumulate more body fat. I'm going to break down more muscle tissue. And by no means was that helpful to my day, right? If I'm eating a higher carbohydrate breakfast, my recovery might be better from the workout I just had, but I'm going to notice that my focus and cognitive ability throughout the day is lower. If I'm stressed out through that day and I'm stressed when I'm eating, I'm going to have a significant difference in how I'm able to digest food than if I'm in a calm, rest and digest space. So it's un- integrating all three of these into a, a place of they're all going to interlink. And when we understand that the body works together, it makes a significant difference. So when I look at it through the lens of psychological, what I mean really is the ability to manage our nervous system, the ability to understand are we in a space where we are living in this heightened stress space all day. And something that I think has become a real focus in the business owner uh, or entrepreneurial space is we're always chasing something, right? We're putting out a fire, we're building a new pro- project. We're probably just excited by our work. That's a brilliant thing. But what we start to lean into is this sort of cortisol addiction where we're just, we can't get up and go unless we've got a level of stress, right? We've got all this energy to get through the day, regardless of how. Many times we forgot to eat or how well or or how badly we slept. We're still able to get it done. And many business owners, especially men, tend to just push through because they're running on adrenaline, not energy. (laughs) They get to the weekend and they've got nothing left, right? There's this whole process called pregnenolone steel, which is your body literally producing cortisol and adrenaline instead of producing testosterone, right? Can you repeat that? What is that? Pregnenolone steel, or the more simple version of that, cortisol steel.
1: That sounds better because I couldn't spell preg- pregnant. <laughs> I was like, you yeah. lost me, but I, I loved- can't
0: even say it probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that simple idea that your body is literally preferring to produce adrenaline rather than your foundational sex hormones in order to function at an ideal level. So when we have that happening, we are just storing body fat. We're breaking down muscle tissue. We're, we're, we've are we got a scattered approach to nutrition throughout the day. And we're usually running on coffee to wake us up. And we're using something like alcohol to calm us down or block the stress. So it gives a, a really holistic view of what's actually happening and how the body is functioning. If we just add some exercise in or we try to eat a salad... You know, none of that actually makes an impact because we're not managing the foundational nervous system and that response to the outside world. There's the bigger
1: problem to tackle. I got you. And listening into one thing you said previously, you also mentioned that it feels like we're working ourselves dry to the bone on the weekdays and then using the weekend to recover, but there's no time for ourselves. It's like, we're just barely, I hear people say, sorry, I agree with you. People say, man, I use Saturday to just catch up on sleep and it's like, I barely woke up on Sunday and then we're back to the grind on Monday. So you're saying, hey, let's tackle the big problem, the actual problem of this so that we can have a, a better, more sustained long-term life with, with business, right? Yeah,
0: And I think the important part to bring up here is, like I said, your health can either be a viability or an asset to your work. The shift that I'm trying to communicate here, and I know I kind of went through so much there, we can break it down more, is what we're doing is building a skill set to manage the day, right? It doesn't require you to not work today. It requires you to approach it in a different way in order to allow your body to tolerate the day a little bit better. So it doesn't require you to do two hours of meditation on a mountaintop. It doesn't require you to have a holiday every second weekend. It requires you to be intentional about how you do the things in your day. Are you hyperventilating through the meeting or are you tuning in and just shifting back to breathing through your nose? Are you taking the time to just take three deep breaths before you have a meal so you actually have the ability to digest food rather than it sitting in your gut while you go through the next three meetings because you never slowed down? It doesn't require more time. It just requires the tuning in and and ultimately the skill set of health. So the awareness, Uh, but a lot of people
1: may be tuning in and saying, okay, yeah, yeah, Ollie, but,
0: or even Tristan,
1: Are three breaths really going to help me? Like, what what does this look like? Because I hear it all the time, but I am on your side. I'm like, look, it's all the little things that you create a routine around that help you get there. So if we want to break this down to actionable things that we can put into our life, where would you say we start so that we can create a cadence so we can pick up some steam? Because I feel like we try to change everything all at once and then nothing changes. We go back to burning out.
0: And We use the weekend to recover, right? Yeah, 100%. So the, the three to five deep breaths makes a significant difference if you're doing it correctly, like anything, right? If you are... Right. And then going back to it, it didn't change anything. <laughs> right. Not rapid I, breaths. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've done a workshop and everyone breathes through their chest. And I think if we look at society as a whole, everyone is in a mild hyperventilating state now. We're not getting full breath. We're breathing through our chest. We're probably breathing through our mouth. We're not getting quality oxygen to our brain and body. And everything's just living in the survival state. Right. So taking it back to our breath as being a very nice anchor of, tuning in becomes simply an asset that we know we have with us wherever we are, provided we're alive, in order to tune in with what's actually happening. So that three to five breaths, again, if done properly, becomes a you know two to three a two to three seconds in, a one second hold, and at least four seconds on the way out. So actually letting it out makes a significant difference to just getting awareness of where your body's at. And I can't tell you how many times I've jumped off a podcast, or I've got off a meeting, and I'm just in that sort of slightly heightened state, right? I've wanted to perform, I've wanted to uh, lead, I'd, I'd wanted to really bring my best forward for a certain meeting. And if you're running any sort of company, that is you all day, right? So being able to tune in or break that down throughout the day is, is the best step you can take. And it's simply those little pockets of pause where it allows you to show up better, right? I think the best way to look at this is, if you're an athlete, you have uh, set progression times right you were doing a 12 week block you've got times when you're training, you've got times when you're resting and you've got rules of when you've won and when you've lost <laughs> in business you have no rules, no timeline and no finish date. So we just work all of the time right there is a always on culture there's 10 different ways to message me and I'm always thinking about the stuff. So this doesn't become a nutrition conversation of what you're having for lunch. This becomes how do we actually design your day in a way that you can actually have lunch (laughs) and realize that you are able to digest that food and actually utilize it for the afternoon rather than inhale something, not even remember what you ate, and then have that sluggish dip around two or three and requiring another coffee right? So it is absolutely a conscious and intentional awareness of how you tune in with you, but it allows you to be a more effective human and realize that your your energy, your health is an asset to that afternoon productivity. I
1: love that, man. So we don't have a nutrition problem per se. We really have a routine problem because we don't prioritize the most important pieces.
0: And we can look at intelligent nutrition, smart training all day. But if we don't live a powerful lifestyle, we don't have those anchors of ultimately productivity or capacity to be productive throughout the day, that's going to make a significant difference. So conversations we have all the time, right? Take your to-do list to time blocks. And if your time blocks don't uh, consider some level of movement for you in your day that places the same importance on your decision-making ability as the next meeting, well, then we know something's wrong. Right? We're not a machine at the end of the day, and if we're not fueling that, that's going to make a pretty significant difference. So you know, we, I see so many business owners that have two or three projects, two or three businesses, and they've got two or three calendars, and they wonder why they can't get everything they've done their day, let, her, let alone their own personal health, a date night, picking up their kids, like whatever that is. We're constantly living in this way of trying to cram all of our one-hour tasks into 30 minutes, which means that we're constantly switching. We're never able to focus, and we're certainly not getting lunch in. Oh, that's a, that's a fact. I love that, man. I love
1: how you you broke it down that way. Yeah, it, it does simplify it for us. So, All right, so where do we start? Because I feel like I, I accidentally did this through COVID, where I was like, you know, um, I think I need to just break my day up in two and just have this two-hour break in the middle of the day, or I'm just going to work out and sit down and eat. And it started working. And then I felt all of the effects of that after I wasn't like tired. I was like, oh, I got like a renewed focus towards the end of the day. I was like, this is weird.
0: Yeah. I actually had a mentor of mine say, um, if you're tired, you can either work out or sleep. One's just slightly more productive. And being able to do that in the middle of the day, right? Just allowing you to get that good burst of energy, break up the day. So you're not having, you're not getting that mental fatigue. And then you get a whole afternoon of of, uh, energy. I thought that was a pretty cool word or, or line. I like that, man. That's a good line. Mm. All right. So
1: where would we start if we want to make an impact into our lives? Let's say people are staying in and they're like, okay, I like this. I'm buying into this. I understand it's a routine issue, right? And prioritizing. Where Where could we start? So we start fitting this in so that it becomes part of our life.
0: Yeah, 100%. So I literally put this post up yesterday, so it's fresh. (laughs) Um, An all or nothing attitude is something that I think 99% of business owners tend to hold, right? And that alongside an optimistic um, get shit done mentality is probably what built your business in the first place, right? The problem is that all or nothing attitude does not serve you when it comes to health, right? Because let's look at the example of weight training, right? It is literally a pursuit of finding failure over and over again, right? So you only fail if you don't find failure. If you look at nutrition, looking at perfect nutrition is an unrealistic expectation. We w- we live in an imperfect world, so the goal is just doing the best we can. Now, again, it's not a nutrition problem. It's both a schedule and an internal dialogue conversation. The most resilient people are the ones that are, are nice to themselves. If we're beating ourselves up more than anyone else, we're not able to tackle that day. If you're someone in business who's beating yourselves up for every failure you had, you wouldn't be around long. If you're someone that you've got your own back and you're wanting to make those changes and you actually believe that you can do it, that's the only way that you move forward. But we don't translate those same values towards our health. So the reason I bring all that up is sort of a mindset context to this all is realizing that we do it with our health every day. We expect perfection before we actually get it in. So my first recommendation here would be rather than trying to find the two-hour time block to get a workout in, find 10 minutes right? The reason you can't get workouts in is because you're looking for two hours. Of course, you can't find that in your day, right? Being able to find those 10-minute blocks, just get out the door is 99% of the problem. It's just peeling your face away from the screen so you get outside. Once you've got 10 minutes and you create that rune of just of creating time for yourself or being like, I have 10 minutes to get away from my screen. It makes a significant difference to your ability to just find those little pockets of your day. So ideally, we do that first thing in the morning, right? 10 minutes, go for a walk around the block, do it before you pick up the phone and look at the emails and start putting out fires. It's just that simple awareness of, 10 minutes outside allows you to just, uh, one, broaden your gaze a little bit more, get hopefully a little bit of natural sunlight, and there's a whole lot of cellular processes there that will help improve your energy, testosterone, and, and function for the, through the day. But more importantly, it just allows you to put your mind in the right space that you're not starting on that reactive foot.
1: That makes sense, man. Yeah, just get started. Very atomic habits of James Clear, right? Five minutes, a few minutes, and then you get into that cadence. I like that. All right, so if we're looking at psychological because you, you did bring this part up a lot. And I don't think it's, when we think of physical, for some reason, we don't think psychological all the time. Yep. But that is where it starts. Because you mentioned here, you said it's the internal dialogue. That's the issue, right? And you've got to have your own back. I love that, by the way. I never thought of it that way. I'm like, yeah, I got my back. But no, it's mm. it's pretty cool, dude. I like that. So if I'm thinking along those lines, and I want to enhance my psychology when it comes to working out. What are some things you've noticed to enhance that? Is it, does it start with just taking these actions and then having the brain figure it out? Or is it deeper than that?
0: Looking at it through the lens of environmental design rather than simply willpower, I think makes a significant difference to your ability to do it long-term, right? If we are simply relying on creating the willpower to make today better rather than actually designing our day in a way that allows it to happen on default. We've made things a lot harder, right? If you, I say this to our community all the time, but 50% of the time, I don't want to work out, right? I do it for my mental capacity and my productivity through the day more than anything right now. And I know if it's in my calendar, I just say to myself, it doesn't actually matter if I want to do it. I'm going to go to the gym. I'll do a couple of exercise. And if I feel good, then I can keep going. If not, I'll come home but it's the ability to create that routine where decision-making or emotion more like is actually taken out of it initially in order to create that you know, classic delayed gratification. I know I'm going to feel better later in the day. But going deep in that, I think looking at it through the lens of, you know, if you put a, a cake in front of me, Ollie eats the cake. <laughs> I only eat the cake when I've had one of those days, right? One of the ones where I've been flat out all day, I've forgotten lunch, I'm absolutely burnt out at both ends, and now I have an opportunity to feel a little bit better. I'm going to eat the cake. Right? Mm. So what this is 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 a compassion conversation. And if I'm not and I've, you know, I've put this presentation in front of countless business owners and I ask the question, where do you place joy in your week? And they look at me like a deer in headlights, right? It's that awareness of where do we actually fit us back in the day? And we can have a conversation of getting the workout in or doing our nutrition. But at the end of the day, if you're just feeling like you're in the routine of just getting up, going to work, paying bills, going to sleep and starting again, life gets pretty dry. Life gets pretty gray, right? So looking at health as being an opportunity to get more out of life, more adventure, more energy, more fun. That's how I make this enjoyable, right? So if that becomes you getting back into go-karting in the weekend or mountain biking or going for a a walk with a friend on a Wednesday, right? Like breaking up the week so that you are actually front-loading you. We look at it as front-loading your buckets, right? If you're always pouring from from the cup and you've got nothing left to give, you're no use to anyone, right? So it's a whole conversation around front-loading those buckets so you're actually pouring into you. If that's that little pocket of going for a morning walk with the podcast and listening to Tristan, right? Is it making sure that we're getting the mountain bike with our mates on the Saturday and just getting some time outside, feeling like we're alive, we're breathing again, right? It's all these activities that we're like, ah, oh, we should get round to that. And we never do, right? So this allows us to look at the things that give us energy rather than take energy away. And I think that many people, if we really look at this quite deep rooted, the reason we keep kicking our health down the road is because we look at it as a torturous experience. We need to start dieting, we need to go to some boot camp class, and we just feel like our body's fighting this process the whole way through. When we look at it as a, as a pocket of joy, front-loading our bucket throughout the week, that makes a significant difference to how we show up. And again, we're increasing that stress tolerance to how we can really manage that week as a whole.
1: That That's very reminiscent of Dan Martelson. We were just talking about him off camera, right? Yeah. Thanks. Like, hey, make sure you're using your energy wisely because it's either going to create more energy or take more energy.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure he said, you know, one of the biggest things that you can do as a CEO or business owner is protect your energy. Right. And if we're just doing that through, oh, we're going to now look after ourselves and beat ourselves up in the gym, I think we've missed the point. Right. Dan's a great example of this with his snow uh, biking and all these sort of outdoor activities. That's definitely something that lifts his energy and just allows him to be a little kid again. Right. And when you have to be flying down a mountain on a uh, mountain bike or something there, you can't really think of what's happening at work. You've got to focus on mountain biking. Right. Yeah. So in a lot of ways it'll allows you to focus in on an activity that allows you to just allow the brain to have a break.
1: I love that, man. That's good. And that, I think that does change the way you approach everything else. That's so key. You're so right on that. I feel like we touched a little bit on the psych- psychological one, right? Yep. We understand. I don't think there's a mystery as to the physical one, right? You know, you work out, right? You have to. Right
0: you'd say that but I think the biggest one that we see a lot you know this ties into what we said about the fun is we tend to be in a space where one it's not enjoyable right we're doing it where we feel like we're working against our body and True. if someone's leaning into this podcast right now it's probably because they're in one or two categories either one they're not working out and hopefully what we just addressed from the psychological is something that allows them to realize this is something that allows them to get more out of life rather than feeling like it's a a, a torturous experience And then the second person in this, in watching this or listening to this podcast will be uh, someone who's doing the stuff, right? They're doing the workouts, they're they're trying to be healthy, but their body's no longer responding like it used to. And if you're in your mid forties and fifties and things just aren't responding like they used to, well, now training needs to be looked at a wee bit differently, right? It's not just about moving more, although you know that rather than sitting on your bum all day, probably a good start. We now need to look at what type of activity we're doing. Now, I'll give you a quick example. If we start running, Right. And we use that as our fat loss activity and we're trying to drop a couple of kilos. If that's brand new, we'll lose a little bit of weight over the first couple of months. Right. It's new, it's novel, it's it's a new stimulus on the body. Our body will probably drop body fat. But if we continue to run, we've only really got two variables at play. We can go faster, or we can go longer. All right. That's the only two we have to work with. So we get to see guys that are working right up to marathon level they're really fit, they're really good at running, they've still got 30 kilos to lose. What's going on, right? It's because they're in a space where you know that's 60 pounds, right? So looking at it through that lens of with something like running an as an endurance or a, a cardio activity, our body gets better at running over time, which actually means you get more efficient at running, right? If we look at that at a fat burning level, we actually get less effective at fat burning. Therefore, we have to run further or faster in order to actually drop any more body fat. All right, Mm -hmm. now, if we flip that and we look at something like weight training and you'll start to see why I'm a a fan of weight training is we've got at least six or seven variables to work with there, right? Density, lactate acid threshold, volume, frequency of workouts, density between sets, so much to work with in regards to variables, not to mention the actual skill set of contracting muscles more effectively. So what I mean is, you know, if I go to train with someone who's never trained before, I could lift the same dumbbell and notice that I can contract my muscles three times as hard. So without even having to lift weight more, over time, I'm now building the skill set of weight training, which sounds ridiculous because most people just lift dumbbells up and down and don't tune in, right? It comes back to this awareness. You're building the skill set of health. So what we're doing over time is, ironically, we're getting less efficient because we're getting more effective at contracting individual muscles. So this becomes an activity where you can uh, make a significant more, significantly more stimulus to the muscle, be able to create more uh, reason for your body to change, which means in 20 minutes we can get more work done or more stimulus in order to break, uh, you know, muscle down or to build body, uh, build muscle and and burn body fat than someone running for an hour, right? Yet we still see 30 odd treadmills in a gym and very few people on the weights, right? So if you're in that spot where your body's not responding like it used to, you're someone who's in a fast-paced life and you're still using cardio or a circuit class as your way of dropping body fat in a very real way, that's just giving you a big pocket of cortisol. Uh, it's being a very inefficient use of your time and you're probably not getting the results you're after. So looking at that and shifting it towards something where, again, you are tuning in and you're contracting muscles more effectively through a sequence to pro- approach and progression makes a significant difference, right? And again, this is you know the first couple of years that I, I was in a personal training space, I had a couple of business owners say to me, shit. So now I have to think in the gym too, <laughs> and most of us think of this as this is an activity to to release and and relax and get away, all right? And that's where the running still comes in. That's when the walks come in. but now we're very intentionally doing this from a mental lens, mental health, focus, uh, ability to calm the body down as opposed to it being our anchor of fat loss or body composition.
1: dude, I, I feel like you just told me to slow down, slow down in in the activities that I perform outside of business, right? Slow down there too, but focused on your physical part of exercise, slow down and be more present. I love that because it's so true. Sometimes I want to multitask, right? I want to listen to something as I'm working out because just like you, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to work out today, but if I put something on, at least I get into a groove. And I want to do it.
0: The quote I heard just yesterday, man, was slow is smooth and smooth is fast, right? And I feel that we're constantly racing to find the next exciting activity. And the only way we get out of bed is by something blowing up at work. (laughs) When we start to create an anchor of just those achievable, consistent routines, that is not sexy at all, but it becomes an internal dialogue that needs to shift around why you're doing them and how that becomes a sharpening the blade for how you, you approach the day it becomes a slow slow rebuild of ultimately your confidence. And I see confidence as the continual following through of the little words you say to yourself. If you're always only ever doing the big things, but you're pushing aside the workout, you're pushing aside time with your kids. And just yet again, those little slices will work away at you. So building that subtle routine to just build you up, build that confidence, build some momentum for the day has a significant impact on not just health, but that mental health as well. That's true. That's very
1: true. All right, I'm glad you you sidetracked me on physical because I was just going to kind of skip it over and be like, yeah, we all know physical. So thank you, I appreciate it a lot. You slowed me down. Thank you. Now let's talk about digestive. Mm-hmm. I think that's the piece that typically we don't we don't talk about. We understand what we need to eat, like stop eating your Twinkies, drinking soda, right? Work out, but I think it goes a lot deeper as I listen to what you were saying and reading some of your stuff. It's like, wait, there's more to this. Talk to me about digestive.
0: Yeah. And the funny part is because we went into physical first, especially men in this space are like, right, I need to drop some body fat. Let's dive into training. Right. And <laughs> That's we never...
1: exactly what we think.
0: Yeah. Let's get it harder. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's a classic, you know, work uh, smarter, not harder here because- if we feel tired, we feel run down, we're not recovering, we're not sleeping, our body simply is not working like it used to. That's usually all of the symptoms that finally get us to a place of pain where we're like, right, we need to change something. Now, if we put that same body into an exercise scenario, we are literally running on fumes, right? We're adding more stress before we can tolerate it. So the reason we start with digestive before we even look at physical is it allows us to build that health base. And this is a Such a small detail, but makes a significant impact to how you approach health moving forward, which is rather than you starting with forcing your body to try change, right? Dropping calories, increasing exercise, and just looking at this through a very simple calorie deficit, right? The person, uh, again, lots of quotes coming through here today. If calories is your focus, you're 90% right and 100% wrong because you're not actually looking at how the body operates. There is absolutely a energy expenditure component to this, right? There's going to be a case of how much you consume and how much you burn. But understanding that you are now running on two cylinders rather than the full eight means that you have very little capacity to burn anything. There's this much bigger stress and toxic load on the body that needs to be addressed in order for those eight cylinders to actually function first. And I'm looking at this through a mitochondrial energy production. I'm looking at this through a metabolism function. I'm looking at this through making sure that your gut health is actually on your side. So if we dive into the gut, There's so much here where it's being marketed the shit out over the last like five years. We were looking at the new probiotic, the new kombucha, the new fancy pill, right? Again, we're just adding another patch fix rather than actually tuning in and fixing the issue. Or like we've talked about with the other two, building the skill set of health. This becomes a process of tuning in. So provided we've started this whole process with a, it's not the nutrition that's an issue, it's a scheduling issue and started to look at how we approach the day we're in a very real way starting to tune into the connection between gut and brain, right? We're understanding that if we have a certain craving, that's probably coming from our gut and translating to our brain, right? There's a certain amount of gut bacteria uh, if we simply put them into a bad and good category. If we're having lots of sugars, we're going to start growing the bacteria that really work off sugars. If we tend to have more protein and fats, we're going to feed the the good gut buddies, the ones that are really allowing more of a foundational, you know, immune function, digestive health and foundation there. So the reason I go into that pocket is if you're having a lot of cravings right now, you're probably feeding a lot of these bad gut bugs, All right. And what you're doing is creating a really strong connection between gut and brain. They're like, I need sugar. That's not your brain talking, that's your gut buddies, right? And we're looking at it through the lens of realizing that there's this whole Uh, you know amazonian rainforest down there that's actually signaling a lot to the brain so when we start to realize that 90 percent of our serotonin right that feel-good factor is in our gut we realize that that has a significant impact on melatonin production and deep quality sleep right we start looking at that stress tolerance in a whole different light of looking after our body and how that mood that energy that stress tolerance throughout the day significantly changes now look at this through the last 10, 20, 30 years of you being in business. Imagine the amount of imperfect situations, let's put it, that you put yourself in with a couple of big nights on the alcohol, right? A couple of meals where you're just inhaling food, Uh, foods that you notice you feel bloated, tired, gassy off, right? Those are all signals to your body being like, oh, this is not actually feeling particularly good in my body. Now, if you're doing that over a certain amount of time and you haven't taken the time to address what's happening, your gut wall or that lining to your gut you kind of want to think of as the bodyguards to your body, right? If you consume something, it's not truly something in in your body until it's something that's absorbed through that gut wall, all right? So if that gut wall is really the protective layer and it's constantly getting bombarded over the last 5, 10, 20 years, at some point that gets weakened, that gets broken down. So if you've noticed, typically, again, in your mid-40s and 50s, you start to notice that foods that didn't upset you before is now starting to become more of an issue. You're noticing that that 2 PM crash is a little bit more, you know, unshakable. Yep. You're noticing that that, that sluggishness is just a bit more of fatigue rather than just low energy. Yep. It's usually because we've got to a point where that stress and information has got to a point that gut has be is not working like it used to. It's not protecting the, the body ultimately from a lot of those toxins and stresses coming through. Mm. So where, where do we start? Right. Again, I'm going to bring it back to some really, really simple foundations. One, when you're eating a meal, don't inhale it and try not to flush it down with water, right? If you've got acid reflux and heartburn and you're noticing that this is becoming a more constant uh, theme, it's typically managing stress around meals and it's typically inflammatory foods. If you're wrapping everything in a bun, everything has to be a burger or a wrap, right? That's going to have an impact, typically more from a gluten standpoint, but probably from an ease of um access, right? You're just consuming it. You're throwing it down. I'm noticing that there's a lot of business owners now that are saying they're being healthy by having smoothies, right? And they're doing them three times a day, which means they can get them down in two minutes and they don't actually digest anything, right? Smoothie by itself, you know, in one meal is okay. But if you're just working off a liquid diet, your body is not able to absorb or break that food down properly, right? So it does come back down to this You're running through things really fast and you're just throwing food at your body in order to function rather than realizing that you are not what you eat, you are what you absorb that matters. And if we're able to tune into how we're breathing, how we're eating, what space we're doing it in, if we've just had an argument or a really big meeting, that food just sits in our gut because all the blood's being pulled towards our muscles rather than around that digestive tract to actually break foods down. So there's a lot of signals that a body goes through, right? And we, very few of us are listening to them.
1: That's true. That's because we're on the go all the time. And I feel like we're in a place when we where we need immediate gratification, right? I don't think we realize that our actions on what we eat and how we function with food affects everything.
0: One thing I'd love to just add in there was the biggest one that I think I noticed with myself. And and within the space of two years, I built a company from you know two people up to about 20, <laughs> broke everything, right? And what I found at the end of that is it was easier to continue working than it was to stop and actually look after me. And if we're really real about ourselves, we could actually get that done in four hours or six hours or whatever that time block was. But we work 10 hours because it's simply easier to do so. It's kind of like coming back to your exercise analogy. Most people would rather walk on the treadmill for an hour rather than be really effective in 20 minutes and get out of there. And I think we're approaching the same thing to our business. And being able to time block more effectively means that we can fit all those things in our day because we're actually intentionally focusing on what's most important rather than what's easy or ultimately what's urgent because we get so addicted to what's the next thing we must complete today, rather than realizing that if we're not here, all that shit we're worried about gets put in a bucket and given to somebody else, right? So if we look at that through that lens, I think it makes a significant difference because we are simply prioritizing what's important, not just urgent.
1: All right, Ollie, I like this. What are you reading right now that, that you think we should be reading? Or what have you read recently that you think we should be reading? because i'm looking i'm trying to think it's like when you're bringing up all of these different topics i'm thinking wow look there's a great book from mind gut it's called the mind gut connection that i read and then when you're talking about um the vagus nerve and the connection with the the gut and the brain again it's like jim quick talks about it in his book limitless right which is great too and there have been a few people we we've interviewed here where they're talking about the 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 effect of just digesting the right foods on the body. So when it comes to the physical part, the digestive part or the psychological part, are there any books that stand out that you think we should be reading?
0: I think anchoring it with the gut is a nice way to tune into what's happening with the body systemically. Um, I can't recommend... Why We Sleep is probably a really good place to start in regards to a, a tuning into the schedule and quality sleep component. And then a book called The Clever Guts Diet is quite a good one at understanding uh, a little bit more behind what's actually mechanistically happening in the gut. But like I said, I can't really recommend a book that tunes all three of these in. It hasn't really been done and maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, man, but it's time to write a book, Ollie. Of, yeah, I think that might have to be in the future. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is you know coming through the lens of Really tuning into what you're in business for, what you're trying to achieve, what brings you energy. So ironically, coming back to the Buy Back Your Time book by Dan Martel, I think it's a really good way to realize that if you're playing this game of, you know, I can't do it now, I don't have enough time, I've got too much to do, you know, I'm too important to look after my health. One, bullshit. Two, I think that'd be a good place to start.
1: One, bullshit. Two, bullshit again.
0: (laughs) I thought that's what you were going to say because I'm like, yeah, that's so true. That's so true.
1: I love it. So what do you do to recharge? What, what does that look like for you? Just to focus on joy and just getting the right energy into your life.
0: Yeah. So that's changed me a little bit over time. Uh, this, uh, which way is it? This motorbike helmet here is I used to do a lot of track racing. So, you know, a lot of the stuff we're talking about might feel like pointing the finger. And I really hope it's not because this is all stuff that I've gone through by, going from a space where I felt that I had health figured out, right? I'd been a personal trainer for six or seven years at this point. I was in great shape, done a whole lot of bodybuilding shows, getting down to three or 4% body fat, um, mountain biking in the weekends, really fit as well, right? Not just able to lift a dumbbell and puffing up the stairs. Like I felt really in peak condition. And then once I started to build a company that had, you know, three, four, 10, 15 employees, I started to realize how much that mental chatter just did not stop. And it completely shifted my recovery capacity and what training and health truly looked like in my life. And ultimately, what was the deciding factor on whether I trained and what was the important reason behind it, right? It moved from being very much physical to becoming how I served others at my best, how I had the mental capacity and the energy and the joy in my day at some degree, in order to really feel like I was still fitting me in. And that was something that you know, through quite a major motorbike crash, you know, I was going 200 Ks an hour, which was about 140 miles an hour on a track. uh, And I had entire brake failure, right? Like brakes just came in one corner, absolutely fine, flat down the next straight, no brakes. I flew right over the hill, uh, a fence, a gutter and landed basically right next to the road, uh, tore a whole bunch of muscles in my shoulder. I'm now two or three years post that and still uh, nursing that you know, two or three surgeries later. And as soon as I woke up in the hospital bed, one, they're like, You're lucky to be alive. I don't know how you're here. And two, it's like, this is really inconvenient. I got a lot to do on Monday. <laughs> so I ran with that level of urgency and adrenaline, literally ran my life for the last two years. And I had no, no idea. Right. So my idea of joy was a way of forcing myself into a situation that I had so much energy energy and adrenaline that I no longer had to think about the problems of my life or my work. Right. And I think that's a concern that many of us run into is we are playing as hard as we are working and it's crushing our body. Right. And the weekend that we don't have an activity on, like you said, we're catching up on rest, right? Because we're never taking the time to build that foundational health. So the only reason I bring that up is because I had that you know, tr- hit by the truck moment where I was like, shit, I'm really not looking after myself and I can't keep going this way. And most men especially are in a spot where they first get the tickle. That's the, oh, got a bit of a sore low back and uh, haven't probably moved enough this week. I should probably do something about it. And then I don't listen to that. So then I get the whack, right? That's the the doctor's visit. That's the, hey, you're going to have to go on the, the cholesterol medication or your blood pressure is through the roof. You need to get this sorted now. Now, most of men still don't listen to that, right? And then we get to the full, tr- full blown truck. Right. That's where we get the motorcycle accident from trying to always chase adrenaline. That's when we have our mate die of a heart attack. Right. We see this all the time and we always know it's too early. And it's this conversation of, like I said, it's is it urgent or is it important? We get so addicted to what's urgent. We know our health is important, but we don't actually look after it until it's something that is truly urgent. And then we wish we did it, you know, five years ago. So the reason I give you that story or context is I am reminded of that quite regularly now, and why I keep the helmet here is those small little pockets in your day where you're sitting down to have a conversation with your partner, you know, and actually truly being present rather than worrying about the 10 things in the back of your head. Uh, Going for a drive on the weekend and just being able to enjoy the countryside or something there where you're slowing down, right? I still do the adrenal activities and I've been back to the track since the crash. Those things are fun. But I'm just making sure I'm balancing that serotonin low-level burn of just contentment with that level of dopamine. Because what happens with dopamine, and you see this with rock stars and movie stars all the time, is they have this big spike of dopamine and then your body has to recorrect and you have a lower baseline. And then you try again to find the next dopamine hit and then you have a lower baseline. And that's where we would just spiral into this place of either feeling numb, which I got to, or depressed. And you feel in a space where nothing really excites you anymore. You don't want to go out. There's no social excitement there at all. And it's typically that constant chasing of the urgency and dopamine hit rather than finding a low level burn in your day. Wow. It's the opposite of what
1: we think we need to do. So crazy. Sometimes. Yeah. Slow down, man. I'm going to call this
0: episode Slow Down. <laughs> slow down to go fast, right? Yeah, slow down to speed up. Yeah, the example I use all the time, right, is these these little pockets in your day that allow you to get more done in eight hours than you're trying to do in 11, right? If we can go for that workout like you're doing at midday, you know you're more productive in the afternoon, unless it's a you know massive leg workout. <laughs> if there's something there where you're able to just do something for you in the morning, it might be a, a quick meditation, it might be a journal, it might be going for a walk with the kids before work uh, sc- school starts, It might be the workout that allows you to be more productive, more focused, more clear moving into your day and your decision-making and your focus is going to make up for the 30 minutes you invested into you. So by no means are you, am I telling you to achieve less, do less, not succeed at the level you want to succeed. It's making sure I want to make sure you get there and you've still got some health to enjoy what you've built when you get there. I love that, man. I love that a lot. All right. So what's next for you, Ollie? What are you excited about this year? Dude, I'm I'm uh, in a space of momentum now that, you know, after having my truck moment <laughs> and realizing that so many business owners are going through the same thing of they're just chasing the next thing, they know their health needs to get better. They know it's not working like it used to. I'm simply trying to align the two, right? As we've talked about today and I've really loved your questions, Tristan, is the ability to make health the biggest asset in your company. And if we can tune into you know how to go slow to go fast in order to actually add you back in your day, so you you don't just have the business success that you're after. You have a, a body and the health to actually enjoy it when you get there. Mm. I'm just continuing to refine my my craft. I've I've continued to you know have the you know what's next moment for me, and I realize what's next for me is just making what I've learned over the last decade or so in the health space. what what does that look like in two decades or three decades and how much better can we make it? So I'm just in the space of making what we're doing better and better and and helping more men. I love that a lot. Thanks for being on, Ali. I appreciate
1: that. Where do we follow you? Where do we learn more? Because I know you have a five-day challenge as well.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, easiest place to to follow us, uh, you know, on Instagram or main, main socials. Just search Holly, uh, Hollywood or Hollywood without the H. <laughs> That's a good in, in regards to actual action steps behind this, and you want to learn a bit more about where you can start, how you actually, you know, what are those real world steps that you do to implement into your day? You know, obviously, Tristan pulled a couple out of me today with the breathing and the ten minute walk. But if this, if you want a bit more actionable steps behind what this looks like. I think our five-day challenge would be a really simple way to apply this over a sequence of step and we dive into that psychological, physical and digestive health much deeper and give you the the meal plans, give you the workouts, give you the the shifts in lifestyle to make sure you can actually fit this in. That'd be a really good place to start. Just go to bodyreset.online or just search body reset, it should come up. And I think that'd be a really good place to start. It's a free five-day challenge, walks you through that whole process. uh, And I hope that really helps. Thanks for doing this, man, I appreciate
1: it. And if you're ever out in Los Angeles, let me know. I'll message you after so, so we can have lunch Absolutely. or- I'll be over again soon, I'm sure. Grab a donut or a Twinkie, you know,
0: <laughs> the healthy stuff. Find, find me the best steakhouse close by and I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ali, I appreciate it. Cheers, man, appreciate it. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.